Kenneth Baldwin once said, anyone who believes that exponential growth can go on forever in a finite world is either a madman or an economist. Will India surpass China to become the next superpower? Many observers of India and China will tell you there are more questions than there are answers when it comes to India's economic and demographics projections. While many, for example, wonder whether India could surpass China as the world's biggest mineral buyers, others suggest that India is global power. In this video, I'm going to provide you my analysis highlighting key factors that will prevent India from becoming the next global superpower anytime soon. My name is Dr. David Waralu, and you are watching Geopolitics in Conflict. Our show today is sponsored by Noble Gold. India is set to overtake China to become the most populous country in the world. India surpassed China as having the world's largest population. China has claimed the top spot since the 1950s, but India is forecast to finally overtake China's population. China this year for the first time announced that its population was about to decline, uh, and that is something that the government there is very worried about. When India overtook China in April to become the world's most populous nation, observers wondered when New Delhi surpassed Beijing to become the next global superpower. India's birth rate is almost twice that of China, and India has outpaced China in economic growth for the past two years. Its GDP grew 6.1% last quarter, compared with China's 4.5%. At first glance, the statistics seems promising. The question has only become more relevant as Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi met with President Biden in Washington recently. From a US perspective, if India, the world's largest democracy, according to the US, really could surpass China, that would become something to shout about. India is China's natural adversary. The two countries share more than 2,000 miles of disputed undemarcated border, where conflict breaks out occasionally. The bigger and stronger China's competitors are in Asia, the greater the prospects for a balance of power favorable to the US. Putting my geopolitical analyst hat on, I argue in a similar fashion to other well-established and seasoned foreign policy experts, the likes of Dr. Graham Allison, that there are some hurdles that will prevent India from this supposed rapid rise. So let's take a deep breath before inhaling this narrative of a rapidly rising India too deeply. While pausing, we all can reflect on what these key hurdles are. I'm going to classify them for you in four categories. But first, a word from our sponsor, and a big thanks to them. Because of them, we can make this show for you. The US dollar has lost 85% of its value since the 1970s, when the dollar decoupled from gold, and the government seems bent on continuing the tradition. From now until after the next elections, the government can print as much money as they want. The last time they did that, inflation went up 9%. This means one thing. 
the security of your future and your family's future is all in your hand. Make sure you freeze the value of the wealth you are holding. Invest in gold with Noble Gold Investments. Gold is the one asset that has proven to withstand recession, inflation, and just about all economic threats. Noble Gold Investments is here to help you if you want to invest in gold. You will also get a 24 karat, one quarter ounce gold standard coin for free. Go to geopoliticsgold.com, geopoliticsgold.com, the only gold company I trust. There are always risks in investments and there are no guarantees of any kind. Now, back to our show. First, analysts have been wrong about India's rise in the past. In the 1990s, analysts boosted a growing youth Indian population that will drive economic liberalization to create an, and I put this in quote, economic miracle. One of the US's India analysts, a journalist Fareed Zakaria, noted in a recent column in the Washington Post that he found himself caught up in the second wave of this elation back in 2006 when at the World Economic Forum in Davos signaled India as the world's fastest growing free market democracy. And the then Indian trade minister said that India's economy will shor shortly surpass China's. Although India's economy did grow, I will say flat out that Zakaria's predictions were way off and off the chart. Number two. Despite India's extraordinary growth over the past two years, when India joined the club of the world five largest economies, India's economy has remained much smaller than that of China. In the early 2000s, China's manufacturing, exports, and GDP were about two to three times larger than India's. Now, China's economy is about five times larger with a GDP of $17.7 trillion versus India's GDP of $3.2 trillion. So let's not get ahead of ourselves and stop repeating what does not make sense that India's economy will surpass or overtake that of China's. Third, India has been falling behind in the race to develop science and technology to power economic growth. China graduates nearly twice as many STEM st students as India's. STEM, by the way, stands for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. It is an umbrella term used to group together the distinct but related technical disciplines of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The term is typically used in the context of education policy or curriculum choices in school. Here in the hard facts, China spends 2% of its GDP on research and development, while India spends 0.7%. Four of the world's 20 biggest tech companies by revenue are Chinese. None are based in India. China produces over half of the world's 5G infrastructure, India just 1%. TikTok and similar apps created in China are now global leaders, but India has yet to create 
a tech product of global nature. And by the way, India has disallowed top Chinese telecom companies from conducting 5G trials in the country, even as it gave permission to other or to over a dozen Indian and foreign services providers. The move by the Indian authorities has earned applause from counterparts in the United States. When it comes to producing artificial intelligence, AI, China is the only global rival to the US. China's sense time AI model recently beat OpenAI's GPT on key technical performance measures. India has no entry in this race. China holds 65% of the world's AI patents compared with India's 3%. China AI firms have received $95 billion in private investments from 2013 through 2022 versus India's $7 billion. And the top-tier AI researchers hail primarily from China, the US and Europe, while India lags behind. Fourth, when assessing a nation's power, what matters more than the numbers of its citizens is the quality of its workforce. China's workforce is more productive than India's. The international community has rightly celebrated China's, and I put this in quotes, anti-poverty miracle, end of quote, that has essentially eliminated abject poverty. In 1980s, 90% of China's 1 billion citizens had income below the World Bank threshold for abject poverty. Today, that number is approximately zero. Yet, more than 10% of India's population of 1.4 billion continue to live below the World Bank extreme poverty line of $2.15 per day. Meanwhile, 16.3% of India's population was undernourished in 2019 through 2021, compared with less than 2.5% of China's population, according to the most recent United Nations State of Food Security and Nutrition in the World Report. India has also one of the worst rates of child malnutrition in the world. Fortunately, the future does not always resemble the past, but as a sign in the Pentagon warns, hope is not a plan. While doing whatever it can to help Modi's India realize a better future, Washington should also reflect on the assessment of Asia's most insightful strategist. The founding father and a long-time leader of Singapore, Lee Kuan Yew, had great respect for Indians. Lee worked with successive Indian prime ministers, including Nehru and India and Andhra Gandhi, hoping to help them make Indians strong. But as Lee explained in a series of interviews published back in 2014, the year before his death, he reluctantly concluded that this was not likely to happen. In his analysis, the combination of India's deep-rooted caste system 
that was an enemy of meritocracy, its massive bureaucracy, and its elites' unwillingness to address the competing claims of its multiple ethnic and religious groups, led him to conclude that it will never be more than, and I put this in quote, the country of the future, end of quote. With that future never arriving. As a result, when Lee was asked a decade ago specifically whether India could become the next China, his direct answer was, and I put this in quote, do not talk about India and China in the same breath, end of quote. Since Lee offered his judgment, India has embarked on an ambitious infrastructure and development agenda under the new leader and demonstrated that it can achieve considerable economic growth. Yet, while we can remain hopeful that this time could be different, I, for one, suspect Lee wouldn't bet on it. So here's my conclusion for you. India's infrastructure is simply not good enough to facilitate the expansion of the manufacturing sector or meet the needs of the rapidly increasing middle class. The business community has continuously cited poor infrastructure as the biggest constraint towards improving economic growth and corporate performance. It behooves India to tackle its domestic issues first while improving its infrastructure sooner than later. Otherwise, India's superpower claim is nothing but a wish. As always, prepare yourself for changing world order. Till next time.